God like life with you and uh, your fire alarm goes off for the for the That's mandatory th th yeah. Thursday, Thursday, the beginning of the month for uh, testing. Just as we wait for every, everyone to come on on uh, LinkedIn, on Facebook, on YouTube and uh, and uh, Twitter, Tim. Uh, Tim, what's your favourite uh, radio channel to listen to? Uh, I probably spend most time listening to Five Live. Do you? Okay, hey, I'm I'm a Five Live Times Radio, but I also love um, uh, Radio Four. And earlier this uh, end of last week, I um, had the privilege of going to the Cambridge Corn Exchange to see a filming of um, I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. Oh, and, and the, fantastic! And, and the reason I brought that up was because they they um, uh, the producer comes up and uh, on stage and does the warm up uh, for the there must have been a good thousand people there, and everyone was so pleased to to actually be there in person, especially with something as eclectic as the. Uh, as the as the panel from I'm sorry I haven't a clue. Anyway, so the producers warming us all up, and he comes up with this great joke. And the joke goes: um, A farmer went out into the snow one morning to tend to his cows and found them all frozen. A woman was passing by; she breathed on them, and each one defrosted. The farmer said to her, "Are you an angel sent from heaven?" "No," she said. "I'm Thora Heard." And I love like it like a drain. And all my mates I was with, they looked at me and said, "Max, that's so old that joke. Have you never heard that?" And I've been in the industry 20, 25 years, and apparently, Tim, that, that joke has been doing the rounds for, for, forever, but I've, I've never, never, never uh, heard of it. Um, and oh, then that brought me to um, that, that audience, because all around me, everyone was saying, oh, this is so good. So good to be uh, back, back in person. I just love that expression. This is so good. I was then with a bunch of farmers um, in where I am in, the, in Suffolk um, over the weekend. And knowing that we were going to have um, the pleasure of you on, um, I interjected into the, into the conversation, AHDB. Do the AHD do good? Do the AHB, AHDB do good? And one of my more outspoken contacts, he, and he's not, not frightened of, um, of being at all shy or, or controversial, he, he, he hardly let me get the words out and he goes, yes, Max, they do a lot of good and we need to support them in any way that we can. And I said, ha, ah, you need to listen to Tim. So Tim, let's do the, the, the formal introductions. We go live today with Tim Rycroft, the CEO of the AHDB. This uh, AHDB, the AHDB is the Agriculture and Horticultural Development Board and is a statutory levy board funded by farmers, growers, and others in the supply chain to help the industry succeed in a, oh, Tim, a rapidly, rapidly changing world. They Very want rapidly. to create, no, you do create, Tim, don't you? A world-class food and farming industry inspired by and competing with the best. So, Tim, it's great to have you um, on today. As, as we were just saying in our Thank green you, room, uh, what, 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 a, what a time, what a, what a set of flux that, um, that, that we're in. But what we're really keen to do is get an understanding of yourself and, and where the the AHDB is going under your tenure and uh, with, with your colleagues. So Tim, let, let's start with the, with yourself first. What what's your background? How how did you come to be as one with the AHDB, please? Well, Max, it's a, it's quite a long and winding road to be honest. I my career sort of been in uh, I guess three chunks. So the, the early part of my career was spent in and around the world of politics, which was fascinating. Um, I worked in government. I was a lobbyist, I um, advised companies and others on relations with government and policy making. Uh, and then I did the big sort of middle chunk of my career was really around corporate communications and corporate reputation. And then particularly around the role of communications in driving change in organizations, which I became very fascinated with. Yeah. And then um, most recently before AHDB, I worked at the Food and Drink Federation, the Trade Association for Food and Drink Manufacturers where I was chief operating officer. And then I arrived here uh, in August of last year. 
And, and Ted, that communication aspect is uh, is very interesting. I remember going on a Cranfield course years ago, and they had a, a board member of um, of BT at the time on. And as he was saying then, it is a, <laughs> it is a nightmare if you've got a business with over five hundred uh, employees as to how you create that communication, how to create that culture, how to communicate with everyone. Let alone if you're on a multi-site basis. Let let alone um, if you're um, on an international aspect as as well. I suppose it's, in some respects, Tim, it was um, um, with you're the ideal man for, the, for, for, the, for this role because of your background in corporate communications. We're not very good sometimes in the in the ag and the, and the food sectors in that whole communication piece. So, so, so for you, was that the excitement of um, joining the HDB that you were fascinated by it and you could see that nothing was fundamentally broken with the likes of the HDB and our, our sector, but lots more could be do, lots, lots more good could be done. And hence why you look to join? Yeah, I think that's that's probably right, Max. I mean, the the it's no secret that HDB has been through some very tough times, particularly over the last two years, which have included the votes by levy payers in the horticulture and potatoes sector to end the levy in those sectors, and that's obviously a significant blow for us. And and I arrived at a time, a few months after the result of those ballots have been announced, and of course the consequence of that has been some pretty profound changes for us and. You know, sadly, we've had to make some people redundant. We've had to restructure. We've had to reduce our costs. So a big program of change going on. But you're also right that one of the fundamental truths about this organization is it's full of expert, passionate people who care about farming, who want to see British agriculture succeed. Uh, and for me, it was a terrific challenge to see if I could be part of a team to lead the organization back to where it needs to be, which is, you know, a unique contributor to farming success. And, and Tim, what's the analogy? Um, when, when you got into the role, was it like looking, um, being in a tunnel and seeing the light a long, long way away? Or can, can you see yourself coming out of the tunnel with your, with your colleagues and, and the light is, uh, is getting ever brighter? Yeah, the, the light was pretty small and distant when I arrived, I have to say. Thing, things were very tough and uh, had been more tough for the people who'd been here longer because yeah. we had a significant fire here two years ago at our head office, which meant everybody was already displaced out of the office before the COVID lockdown. Then we had COVID, then we had the result of the ballots. So yeah, it was, uh, we were in a tough place uh, when I arrived. But I think since we've opened registration for our massive levy payer consultation, which is taking place next month, uh, that felt like a moment when we sort of turned a bit of a corner and we started to focus more on the future and to talk more about what we're going to do for levy payers, which is of course the conversation we'd much rather be in. Yeah, well, well done. And, and Tim, in, in the last six months, God, I bet that's flown by. What, what have you learned? What, what's, what have been your biggest surprises in the role? Well, I mean, I'm completely new to agriculture, so I've been trying to learn a bit about that world. Um, and I guess my big, my big takeaways from that are that farming is very tough and it's getting tougher, that every, every sector is different, whether it's pork or beef and lamb or dairy or cereals and oilseeds. And actually that every farm and every farmer is different and they all see the world slightly differently. They all have a different sense of what success looks like for them. Um, so that's been a big learning for me over the last six months. In terms of the organization, I mean, as I said earlier, full of passionate people, lots of expertise, not historically, but has historically been a bit shy, I think, about claiming yeah. credit for things. Um, I don't think our profile has been as high as it should have been. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think we've always been as good at, um, at branding things and, and, as I say, sort of claiming credit for the work that we do, but, yeah. but a real determination to make a difference, and that's what's driving us forward. Yeah, and, and um, 
Tim, I, I think the the HDB and the likes of Nicholas Sapphire have to be uh, applauded because it's not that they took a, a risk in you. If, if anything, I think it's such a uh, an intelligent choice to bring someone of your expertise in. And, and, and why do I state that? Um, with my recruitment head on, I get frustrated, especially within the agricultural sector, that a number of companies they just want to uh, find an individual for a new role within within the um, the, the uh, field of expertise. And to me, it's very siloed in their thinking that you can learn. Um, agriculture relatively quickly. We're not asking you to um, to, to run a dairy herd or, or an arable business, but with your communications background, your political uh, background, um, and that whole skill set that you can bring, I think it was an inspired choice uh, to 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 bring to bring you in, and just seeing the successes that you and the team have created in the in the last six months. But as you've already intimated, it's a, it's got to be a, a long a long journey. So, so with, with you in place and with you having uh, resettled the, the, the team, um, UK agriculture is, is absolutely going to be facing its biggest uh, changes and challenges in over 100 years. What's your vision? What's your vision for the AHDB and how it's going to better support UK farmers to overcome this new era, especially, especially Tim, on, on the basis that a, a week is a long time in politics. And as we said in the green room, there's so much go, going on. We just don't know what's going to happen over, over the, the next couple of weeks, let alone the next couple, couple of months. But how, how are you and your, your colleagues going to look to uh, create that positive change for, your, for, for, for the AHDB and for its members, please? Well, first of all, thanks for your kind remarks about me, Max. I mean, we, we will see, won't we, if I was the right choice. Um, I, I think for us, it's about, you talked at the beginning about us being a statutory levy board. And, and that is a, that makes us unique, really, in that network of organizations that support agriculture. And I, my vision is that, you know, we should be a proud and confident about that niche that we occupy and about some of the things that uniquely it, it gives us, it enables us to do. So it gives us some scale in terms of our funding. Uh, it gives us the ability to bring on board, as I say, very high quality expertise. It means because we sit in this space between the commercial industry and government that we have an opportunity to both sort of convene different parts of the industry and to influence better policymaking. And I think, you know, our vision is, is I talk about as being a critical enabler for farming success well in, in that matrix of organizations that farmers rely on. We're not going to do everything. They will always rely on the farming unions and vets and agronomists and banks and insurance companies and academia, that whole panoply of organizations that are around to support farmers. But we have a unique role to play. We have a unique niche to occupy. And my vision is that we very boldly and proudly and confidently occupy that niche um, and work collaboratively to drive farming success. Well, well done. I love that expression about being a, a critical uh, enabler. That's, that's, that, that, that is so on message. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. Can, can you share the type of work your team um, is delivering and, and the breadth of areas that they cover, please? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, again, one of the things I've learned is the extraordinary range of work that's going on here. So some of the work we do is relatively well known. So that might be the recommended list uh, in cereals and oil seeds or indeed nutrient management, RB209, uh, integrated pest management, uh, where we're obviously helping people uh, respond to those challenges and, and the move away from chemical interventions to biological ones. Um, we do a lot of work on sustainability, where is an area that I think all farmers face challenges trying to know what's the right pathway towards net zero for their particular farm. Um, we do work on genetics in livestock to improve the technical performance of, of the herd. Um, we do marketing. So uh, we've just finished our We Eat Balance campaign, which promotes 
British Meat and Dairy for its nutritional and sustainability credentials. We do a lot of work on market intelligence, uh, providing real-time market data, but also insights into things like trade deals. So it's a huge amount of work going on. And, and how can we find out more about that, uh, that work, Tim? How, how, how can we engage more with the AHDB? Well, I would encourage people to come along to our events. Uh, we run a very full program of events. Some of them are on farm. Some of them are sort of hybrid and some of them are just online. Um, we have a, a big network of what we call strategic and monitor farms, which are really about bringing farmers together to benchmark performance, to look at new innovations, to work out what will work for them and, and to allow farmers to share that knowledge. And we, again, that's us really in that enabling role of bringing farmers together. Our website is a goldmine, uh, both in the sense that it's full of valuable things, but also in the sense that it can be a little bit hard to navigate but I would encourage people to take a bit of time to work their way through it. You will find so much information on the website. And of course, we also put stuff out through social media. Um, so there's many ways to access our services, uh, yeah. but I, I do think we've got to get better at being more visible. Yeah, and, and I, I, love, I love what you said about the sustainability element. Just, just a segue into the direct example I've had recently that uh, we, we were running with my recruitment hat on um, a farm manager role for a, um, a really interesting estate in uh, uh, East Suffolk. Um, and it was one of the first role, farm manager roles I've done in recent times where the, the farmer, the owner, actually prompted the conversation about wanting to uh, be more sustainable, uh, regenerative agriculture being uh, carbon neutral, but he wasn't sure of where to get the um, get get the information. And I was about to um, stay to, across the kitchen table where, where these conversations always ha had to um, uh, my 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 view on it. But he said he'd already been in contact with the AHDB and got a big steer as to the direction that um, he needed to go to, especially on the on on the livestock side. So now, as you say, your your uh, website is an absolute um, goldmine. So, so you've got that whole educational piece um, doing in trade, um, but you've also got the, the educational piece in the respect of um, the British public and the consumer. Can, can you tell us a little bit about uh, that? How, how does the AHDB look to influence uh, Joe Public, please? Yeah, so I, I mentioned earlier the, the marketing work we do. So for January and February, we've been on national television with a campaign called We Eat Balanced, which is all about, as I say, the nutritional quality and the sustainability credentials of UK meat and dairy. And that's a multi-million pound campaign. And it's rooted in consumer insight. So you don't just go on TV with a bright idea. You have to do the research first to understand, you know, what is making people think about their dietary choices? Why are some people thinking twice about meat and dairy? What are the, the factors that are influencing them? And only when you properly understand that can you start to put together a message. Now, we spend a lot of time making sure that the stuff that we put out is absolutely fact-checked. And that was vindicated last year when there were a number of complaints about our advertising to Ofcom, all of which were dismissed yeah. uh, because we could prove in every case that every claim we made was absolutely found uh, grounded in the research. So we take that role very seriously. We also do campaigns that are not about national television, but are, are typically more about social media. So at the moment, uh, we're doing campaigns to encourage consumption of pork, given the, the particular problems that are affecting that sector. Um, so we're trying to help generate, um, to help build the domestic market but also we're doing work on exports, which is about creating new opportunities overseas for those farmers who want to export. And, and Tim, collaboration. There's so many people wanting to do good in this sector, especially looking to educate uh, kids. And, and there's that, that statement that I keep on rolling out that uh, eight out of, oh sorry, six out of 10 kids don't know where 
um, uh, that the farming product uh, comes from. Um, are, are you, do you feel that, the, that yourself, the AHCB, is a, is a lone voice? Or, and do you look to collaborate with, um, with other parties to try and create a, a, a bigger voice, a, a, a bigger, louder voice? I think collaboration is really important for us, Max. And I, and I think, to be honest, in the past, we've perhaps tried to do too many things. Uh, it's, we've been very uh, welcoming to suggestions from levy payers about things that we should do on their behalf, all of which I'm sure were good ideas at the time. But it has made us a little bit uh, too broad, I think, in our approach. So one of the things I'm encouraging AHDB to do is to be more focused about what's the particular role that our unique model gives us uh, a you know, particular added value. So it might be conceiving an idea or it might be designing it. It might be running it for the first couple of years and then handing it over. And I do think, you know, looking at that matrix of organizations that support farmers, we should be open to collaboration as a kind of first port of call. Who can we work with on this? Who might do this better than us? What's the unique role that we can add in a team of people? And, and getting the great public to understand what an amazing asset our agricultural sector is, isn't just something that we can achieve, but working alongside farming unions and some of those others I mentioned, whether it's vets or agronomists, commercial consultancies, we, we, can, we can build a coalition to, to really amplify that message. Excellent. So you, you'd you be happy to be the go-to on, on that ba basis so that if there are uh, trade groups or organisations or political parties that need to, that want to engage with, this, with the sector, you're, you're keen for the AHDB and, you, and your colleagues to be the, the, the go-to organisation on that basis? I think probably all of the above except the political parties. So we, we have to be a bit careful about lobbying. <laughs> well because yeah. uh, uh, at least the, the Treasury's view is that we spend public money, even though levy payers might reasonably think it's their money. But uh, for accounting purposes, it's treated as public money. So yeah. we can't publicly lobby the government. That's something that the farming unions and others do really well. Yeah. What I think we can do is we can, as we have done recently on the port crisis, is provide government with really trusted, high quality, independent data that yeah. allows them to make good policy decisions. Yeah, and Tim, that's what's great about about you and your your background because you understand the nuances of the of the political system. So I'm sure that when you've been in that situation over the last six months, you, you sort of thought, "Well, I've seen this before. I I know what I would do." And perhaps you can positively uh, influence um, our, our peers and, and and other groups and organisations to create good on the um, on on the back of that. And, and 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 Tim, we were just saying in our in our green room um, about. Well, everything that's going on um, at the moment, we're filming this at the beginning of, of March, and there's a lot of uncertainty um, in the farming sector, especially on rising rising costs. Uh, what areas of work do you feel the AHDB is, is best placed to support uh, the UK agriculture uh, on the basis of the, the current challenges that we've got? And, and can you give us some detail and, and what is being currently delivered by the AHDB team and, and potentially going to be delivered um, ongoing as we work through the next two, three months? Yeah, I think, I think we've got to, one of the things that our unique funding model gives us is the ability to have a long horizon. And I think one of our challenges is to balance the, the immediate stuff, the helping farmers with the real world problems they face this morning as they're walking around their farms, at the same time as being the people who can take a longer perspective. So at the moment, uh, if you look on our website, we've got some great advice about nitrogen use. Um, we know that Russia is a major producer of, of fertilizer, uh, and we know there have been problems with fertilizer availability and obviously fertilizer cost. And a lot of farmers are thinking now about, you know, should they buy now? Should they wait? Um, so, you, so we've got some practical advice on that. We've got practical advice on what are the immediate safe steps, as we call them, that, that farmers should be taking on 
sustainability and net zero. So there are something like 50 different carbon calculators. And we've got some advice on what are the features you should look for as you're choosing a carbon calculator, not us saying one is the best or ranking them, but just giving you giving farmers some practical advice on that. So some of the stuff we do is very near term. And then if you look at the research work that we're doing around, um, for example, the, the recommended list, and we're testing out new varieties, we're looking at developing genetics work. Some of that stuff, of course, won't actually bear fruit for a few years yet. Yeah. Uh, and I, as I say, I think one of the big challenges for our organization is to both be there at the side of farmers now when they need it, but to use our, as I say, our unique funding model to be the people who can also take a longer perspective than most commercial companies could. Yeah, well, well, well said. And, and you're here for the long term. You're not here for the, for the short term. So on, on that basis, we also need to, as well as having collaboration with other, other groups, we need the levy pairs to collaborate with you. Communication is, is king. So, so how can the levy pair share their experiences from the coalface, Tim, and, and help identify future areas of work to explore for, for yourself in the AHDB? Well, we, we've managed to go, I don't know, 20 minutes, is it, Max? And, and we haven't mentioned Shape the Future. So um, now is the moment, I think. Uh, I hope most levy payers watching this will be aware that we are having a massive consultation exercise next month in April um, with levy payers in which we're gonna give them the opportunity to tell us what are the big issues affecting their sector that we should be focused on. And of the products and services that we currently provide to their sector, which are the ones that they value highly and which are the ones they value less highly. And, and amazingly, this is the first time we'll have done this at any kind of scale. So it's really a, a, a massive opportunity, both for us to properly connect with levy payer opinion and for levy payers properly to tell us what they think. Now. Some of what they think we, we might not like. That's what happens when you open yourself up to people's views. We're ready for that. We want to hear what they think. Uh, they need to get registered to vote because in most cases, the levy is collected on our behalf by processors on an aggregated basis. So we don't necessarily have individual contact details for every levy payer. So levy payers, we're asking to register to vote. It's very simple, three or four minute process. We'll get you registered and then you'll get the link to vote when we open voting in April. Uh, and that will be that will mean that, you know, I spent the last six months saying we need to put levy payers at the heart of what we do, which, you know, sounds dangerously like a sort of corporate slogan. But but in the mechanism of the vote and the consultation, we are actually doing that. Yeah. And, and it's even more so, Tim, isn't it? With the, everything that's gone on last two years and uh, in, in, in the short term, the AHDB is even more front and centre as to being able to be this critical enabler to take the sector further forward and hence why all the levy payers need, need to engage with you. And, and Tim, let's just drive this home, shape the future of farming. How, how can they register again, please? Where, where, if so, they just hop onto the AHDB website, will, will, will it take them straight there? I think you can see it behind me, Max, on the, on the TV screen. That's the front page of our website, Shape the Future. Yeah, Click on that box. That will take you through to the registration portal. Um, we do have paper forms. If, if there are any levy payers who are not feeling very digitally enabled, we can, you can fill out a form if you're more comfortable doing that. But it's really very simple. Well done. And, and Tim, I know your, your intray is going to be massively uh, full. One thing that we keep on uh, want to bang the drum about is, um, is uh, succession. Uh, and not the TV series, uh, succession in the respect of um, uh, we want to encourage more individuals into our sectors. Look at you, you've only been in six months and you've had a, a really interesting ride, but unless you tell me otherwise, um, I, I think you've got the passion for the sector that we, we all have. 
Uh, what would you say to individuals who are thinking about coming into the sector or thinking about going to university or, or college um, into this area, but don't have a farming or agricultural background? What, what would you say to the younger generation to encourage them in, please? Um, well, I mean, it's it's certainly true to say that uh, farmers are, are well aware of some of the problems that, that they're beset with and, and are, are occasionally quite fond of talking a lot about that. But I have to say, in all the farm visits that I've done and the farmer meetings, uh, quite often you will hear a farmer talk about what an extraordinarily privileged job it is yeah. to work the land, to, to, to be in control of your destiny in a way that people like me who've only ever done desk jobs really would never experience. And they talk about, you know, going out first thing in the morning and seeing the sunrise over the land and the pride they feel in what a difference they've made to the landscape and the animals and the soil. And, and, and I find that incredibly inspiring. It's a, it's, it's like when people talk to you about their vocation, perhaps in the medical profession or something, you know, farming is a vocation. It's a, it's a passion. It's, it's clearly not in most cases driven by money. Uh, it's driven by a much deeper, more emotional connection to this, this kind of work. And I, I, when I talk to people like that, you know, I really get a sense of what's amazing about this. And, and I, to young people, um, I would say that, you know, this is the moment. I, I sense that the, the, the torch is being passed to a new generation, if I may paraphrase yeah. uh, that wonderful phrase written for John Kennedy in his inaugural address um, by Ted Sorensen, as it happens. Um, but, you know, I do sense that this is a moment when I see younger faces and younger voices really starting to come to the fore. And that's very exciting, I think. Uh, of course, it's bringing some challenges. I visited four farms on my first two days, uh, one in each of the four sectors. So cereals and seeds, beef and lamb, dairy and pork. And the only thing they had in common was that the people who showed me around was a, a man in their 60s uh who was sort of the farmer and a young man who was his son in his 30s and on each of those farms you know there were creative tensions about the direction of travel and the strategy and and the handing over of the reins and and that's something you know that we are trying to help with and trying to to set out how to empower more young people to step into this world i, I would really encourage people i think it's i think it's fantastic and I think we've, we've had a, a couple of broadcasts where people have uh, have mentioned that we're, we're right in the zeitgeist um, at, the, at, the, at the moment. On the back of COVID, everyone wants to eat better. They want to know the provenance of, the, of their food. And rather than being a, I, I call the expression, Tim, a, a ghost working in a, in a, in a, um, a sedimentary role in, in, in something like London, to actually be involved within the um, agricultural food sectors and to be to do good and do good for the long term is going to be more fulfilling. Yes, you might not get the the uh, the waste levels of working for Goldman Sachs, but do you want to be happy? Do you want, actually want to be doing good? Well, come on, get get involved with the with the agriculture and the and, and the and the and the fresh produce sectors. So, so Tim, you're you're positive. I know everything is uncharted in the, in the respect of everything that, that's going on, whether it be within our sector or, or politically. Uh, but, but I've got to ask you, because we, we need to lean on leaders like you to give us the, the inspiration. So we've got something to hold on to for, for, the, uh, for the short and the, and the long term. You're positive about the future. Oh, yeah, I'm very positive about the future. I'm, you know, I sense a strong determination in this organisation to get to get us back to where we need to be at the heart of that that network of organisations that support farming doing great work, getting credit for our great work, helping farmers to meet some of these extraordinary challenges that they're facing. And I, I, I am positive about the future. The, the, I just feel like um, 
we are irrepressible that we are you know there's such a determination commitment to the cause um within the organization a determination that the setbacks we've had you know will not define us they will actually strengthen us there'll be a platform on which we build an even better ahdb that's what i want to create as part of this team uh, and it's such an exciting job to have Excellent. Well done. And even better, AHDB. And can we just have a, one more house and call from yourself in respect to shape the future, please? Shape the future yeah, of farming. Of just, just so we've got it. We, we really want to drive that home. So why, why should um, levy payers get engaged with that, please? Well, the levy. You know, we take money out of farmers' pockets without asking them. That's the that's the basic nature of the levy. And it's it's just seems to me absolutely fundamental that every farmer that is giving money to the levy should have their say on how that levy money is invested. And that's what we're trying to give people the opportunity to do. It's very simple to do. Go to the website, register to vote, express your view. What matters to you? What do you want to see us fund? What do you want to see us not fund? What do you think are the issues we should be focused on? And for us to be that connected to levy payers really strengthens us as we go forward to be able to say to government and to other stakeholders, this is what farming wants. This is what we're delivering for them. Excellent. Tim, well done. So everyone, come on, let's get to more involved with the AHDB and make the AHDB even better to your benefit for the short and, and the long term. Uh, Tim, before we wrap up, I've got to ask you this. And I've asked a number of your AHDB, AHDB colleagues um, um, over the last couple of years the same question. It's fascinating, the, uh, the, the answer. Tim, what's your favourite colour of tractor? <laughs> uh, well, I, well, I live in a little village in Nottinghamshire, and I have to say, most of the tractors I see are green. Oh, okay, that, that, that's excellent because uh, um, some some of your colleagues uh, they, they think, oh, wait, I can't nominate a, a green one or a red one because of uh, um, any, any sort of political affiliations to, to that brand. So the, the the funny one that always comes up is the, is the yellow Lamborghinis because of a certain ah, um, yeah. Mr. Clarkson who drives one. But that, no, that's great. That's uh, that was silver, got... I think, wasn't it? Oh, oh, oh no, pub quiz time. I've I've failed. I'm... <laughs> I'm not going to be in that, that pub quiz. Uh, Tim, th thank you very much. I think that's been excellent. It was really great to, to put a, a, the proverbial uh, name to a face, face, face to a name. And think that everything that you and your me. colleagues are doing, especially in, in the last six months and, and uh, everything that uh, uh, is going to happen um, ongoing, we really, really need to lean on, on yourself and the AHDB uh, both, both ways. So it's a, it's a lovely collaboration so that everyone wins out in these, these interesting times. Tim, thank you very much. And we wish you all the best for the future and your colleagues too. Thank you very much, Max. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye.